Thank you for joining me on this Sunday. Today I present to you a TJPS special, the Oklahoma City bombing. 25 years ago today, at 9.02 a.m., a massive car bomb explosion annihilated the entire side of a nine-story federal building in Oklahoma City, killing 168 people, including 19 children, inside a daycare center. A decorated Gulf War veteran was later convicted for the attack. More than 500 people were injured, and more than 300 buildings in a 16-mile radius were either damaged or eradicated. The building where this event transpired is now a memorial site to honor the victims. It was absolutely pernicious and an act of diabolical behavior. We will always remember this day. We will never forget those lives lost. And listeners of the Jeremiah Patterson Show, I present to you a TJPS special, the Oklahoma City bombing. saying, God, I don't want to die today. And I don't want to die in this building. If it's our view, I'd like to die later. It felt like an earthquake. Something actually shook our television station. That's five miles away. In those first frantic minutes, no one was quite sure what had caused the explosion. Initially, we thought it might have been a gas explosion because we had had to evacuate the office two or three weeks earlier because there was a gas leak downtown. I thought that um, a war had started. I thought that Oklahoma City had been bombed, that we had been attacked by another country. I thought that the explosion was an atomic blast from Tinker Air Force Base. I was trying to make sense out of it. I did not think it was a bomb. It was an act of cowardice, and it was evil. The United States will not tolerate it. And I will not allow the people of this country to be intimidated by evil cowards. What you're about to hear is me interviewing Miss Terry Talley. She's an Oklahoma City bombing survivor and she survived that pernicious day. Here's the interview. Welcome back. Joining me now is Miss Terry Talley. She's an Oklahoma City bombing survivor. Miss Talley, thank you for joining me. You're, yeah, my pleasure. Um, could could you please take us back to that day? Sure. Um, I mean, honestly, this morning I I watched a video, and it and it does bring memories back for sure. And most of the people in this video, um, they died in the bombing, and so it. I don't know, just the week of and and seeing that, 
mm-hmm. you do go back to that day. But um, for me, that day was catch-up time. I had been called to jury duty, and I was trying to play catch-up at work, and, and was I was covering somebody else's desk, so it was a really, really busy morning for me. Um, it was mm-hmm. before we opened the doors, really, you know, all that from 8 to 9 before we opened the doors. I don't even know if at 9.02 we had opened the doors. I mean, 9.01, that we had even opened the door. So, Mm. you know, um, that morning went by quickly, you know, of anybody that was in a, you know, busy time at work. You know, it goes by really, really quickly. And um, we were located on the third floor of the Murrah building. Mm Mm-hmm. I had left my office, and I had went to the desk that I was covering. I had talked to a couple of my coworkers. Um, both of them didn't make it that day. Mm. Talked to them, and then I went to the desk that I was covering, and I sat down, and it was just a matter of minutes before the bomb blast happened. Mm. Um, how long did it take you to process what had happened? A long time, because that moment I fell from the third floor to and there really wasn't a basement of that building but for lack of better terms I'll say basement because you could see the cars in our parking garage which is in the basement from where I was located when they found me um, I at that time thought I was in a car accident mm. and it happened that what had happened to me happened so fast it was almost like a vacuum would just suck you down. You don't realize what's happening at all. Uh, I'd never heard the bomb blast. I just had kind of, for lack of better terms, again, just woke up. And you just, you think, this is a dream. This can't be happening. I'll just go to sleep and everything will be okay. And, of course, when you realize that it's not then you just kind of go back and forth between I'll die, I'm going to die, and no, you're not going to die. I have two children, and at that time, I really, I didn't know what had happened to me. So I would think of my kids, and I would just go back and forth for a while until someone found me. Were your children, um, how, how old were they at the time of the attack? My daughter had just had her fourth birthday on the 16th, so just a couple days before that, they had, um, we had had her birthday, and then my son at that time was six years old, so pretty young. How did you tell your children um, about the attack? I didn't at that time because I was so injured. Uh My, my parents and my husband at that time's parents would tell the kids about what happened. They kind of protected them at first so they could go on with a normal life for a while Mm because that's hard for any four and six-year-old to comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. So it it would be a long, long time before they really would understand any of it. It was really hard on them. What were you feeling after the bombing? Um, after the bombing, basically, I was when they had rescued me. I was taken to a hospital, and I spent seven days in the hospital. 
And then after leaving the hospital, I would go stay with my parents to help take care of me because I was so injured. So um, it's hard, again, even as an adult. It's hard for the kids, but it's hard as an adult to comprehend. All these people are gone. They're gone. We lost 18 of 33 employees. Five of of them weren't there that day. So for the most part, most of us died that day. Uh, To say that, you know, those two people that I had talked to before I sat down never coming back that's hard for an adult to comprehend so um, I would have I went to counseling I went to two different kind of counselors to to be able to come to grips with what had happened and what had happened to me because I had recently reread an interview that I gave back then and it basically said I would cry by myself Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's a survivor's guilt for sure, because yeah. if you didn't die at that, at that moment, you almost felt like you didn't have the right to really feel bad or, um, you know, survivor's guilt is huge. So to be mm-hmm. able to deal with that, I, I had to go to counseling for sure. It was not a good time, <laughs> not a good time in my life for sure. So I had physical physical okay. wounds, mental wounds, you know, you just, again, you can't imagine something that horrific happening to you mm-hmm. and it being real, real life. This year, the coronavirus is taking place. So will there be a virtual ceremony to honor the lives of those lost? Yes. Okay. They've already done the filming. They had the readers come in. Uh, one at a time and read the names of, you know, if they had the first floor, second floor, third floor, what floor they had, they had them come in one at a time to read the names. So they've already done that pre, you know, pre-ceremony. And so some of it will be from that and then some of it will be, you know, real stream that day. You know, they've asked for us not to come down there. It's just too much to deal with when... We're not even supposed to be close to each other, you know. Uh-huh. So, I think all the news outlets are are going to be showing it. So that's different. Uh, usually, it's only Channel Four here, mm-hmm. a local channel here, um, NBC. So it'll be nice that it's on most media outlets here. In doing my research, I found that your best friend uh, Karen Shepard, she was actually she died in the attack. How did you find out, and how did it make you feel? She was the last person I ever looked at that day. So, you know, there was two that I talked about. One was Sonia Sanders, and then the other was Karen Shepard. Mm-hmm. She she was my best friend at that time. We went to the same high school. We dated the same guy. Had children the same age, so we got along really, really well. And, and we went to lunch together all the time. And I just... I had her as a friend and I had another friend who wasn't there that day Hmm. and mentally mentally, she was gone forever really Um, and so I felt like I had nobody I felt like I had nobody left really I just um, I I couldn't imagine without her because we just Mm -hmm. did everything together and then again it's hard to grasp that somebody's never coming back yeah 
It has been 25 years since the attack. What do you like to do if you're having a bad day? Gosh, I know. And you know this coronavirus? Uh, uh -huh. It kind of ruined all of that. <laughs> Typically, <laughs> there are a few of us still left. And if we're having a bad day, we can go talk to the other person. Mm -hmm. And with all that's going on, it's just kind of, I don't want to say it's impossible because, you know, we can FaceTime each other or something like that. And I might still do that uh -huh. today. Today is just, I don't know, you know, I again, I watched this video of these people and um, I wanted to see it very much. I wanted to see this mm. video and, and it was made six months before the bombing and I'm not in it, but a lot of the people that are didn't make it. And so, and to see some place that you worked at, and it's just, it was gone in a second. How has, it, how has this bombing changed your life? I think uh, I'm a better person. I mean, I, I really do try to live my life right, and I really do try to give back. Mm -hmm. And there's things that I want to do, you know, I'd like to retire early and um, I've talked about going to work for FEMA, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. Oh. Uh -huh. Who knows what's going to happen after all this, but um, it'd be nice to be a reservist with FEMA and kind of give back mm -hmm. to, to people that are in a, in a horrible place. Um, and I and I do still try to do, you know, teach financial literacy or just um, anything that I, I want to help people. Mm -hmm. and so I think that's stemmed from all of that so I think it made me a better person it made me live my life um, I mean you don't know from day to day no. nothing's guaranteed in this world and and um, you know kiss your loved one goodnight even if you're mad at uh -huh. and um, and get up every day and make the most of it really yeah um, on yeah. the day of the attack were you were you feeling happy? I was just feeling really stressed because I was so far behind mm. that I just, I had to get caught up, you know, so there weren't any, you know, sad or happy, emo I mean, I, I, I would say there was happiness because my daughter's birthday had just been prior to that, uh -huh. but I had never been called, I was called to jury duty and... I had never done that before, so I was really nervous about that, mm -hmm. you know, to get into the right place. I'd never done anything like that. Mm. How long did it take for the rescue workers to find you? It took them, uh, it was about, because I was trapped for a little over two hours, mm. and so by the time they, they got me out, it was two hours, 15 minutes, two hours, 20 minutes, something like that. They would have found me before that, obviously, but I'm not sure exactly right, right when they did, hmm. right when they found me. I'm not sure, but it, it would have been prior to that, though. Could you move, or were you just sort of, like, stuck? No, I was stuck. I couldn't move at all. Hmm. I was trapped in granite and concrete, and I couldn't move. I couldn't push. I couldn't hardly breathe. Hmm. I was... It was suffocating me. Uh, my rescuers actually got me out during the bomb scare. Mm. So I know the timing so well of it. And when they pulled me out, I was blue. It was squishing me to death. Wow. So it, 
they actually stayed during that time. If they wouldn't have stayed, I wouldn't be here. It would have, it would have suffocated me for sure. Um, yeah. Were your, how did your parents react to the, to the bombing? My mom, uh, you know, was just like any mother where she just didn't know, you know, and mm -hmm. she just hope, had hope, would have hope. They, you know, we didn't have cell phones like we do today, and they would just go downtown and put my name on a list and just pray for the best. Mm -hmm. They found out probably about an hour after me getting out, they, they found out, and, you know, it's just such relief to be able to come down and see me, and I don't think my mom ever left my side, so, mm. yeah. When you look back on that day, what exactly does it mean to you? <sighs> to me, um, I like to look at it now as resilience, mm -hmm. that, you know, even the worst of conditions, someone can come out and still live a good life, mm -hmm. and be thankful for what they have, and to really, you know, make the most of it. If you always stay stuck in that day, then I just think, what a miserable life that you have. Yeah. We can't change, and I'm so, I feel so lucky to honor the people that we lost. I um, talk about them quite a bit and mm -hmm. make sure if I ever, you know, talk to anybody that these people were real people. Sometimes I think we just hear their names, but I like to look at their faces and I like yeah. to tell funny stories about them. And, and I mean, I work with some great ladies mm -hmm. and um, they should always be remembered. So I think that's the most I can do for myself is, is just to honor them and, and just get on with my life, really. What's your message to those who are struggling with something and looking for hope right now? I think if, you know, counseling and, and going to see a psychiatrist, that's everything. I really hate that there's a stigma attached. You know, you think if I go to somebody, I must be crazy. I, you know, I wasn't crazy. It's just, you know, they... They specialize in that for a reason, because <laughs> mm -hmm. I was a clinical social worker. She dealt with post-traumatic stress, and, and that she was the most helpful to me. It was just how to work through things and to move past that survivor guilt and and um, and to move on with my life. Yeah. If if people don't get counseling, I mean, they don't have to be in such a horrible thing as the bombing, but if they don't get counseling, it's I don't know how you ever move past something terrible that's happened to you. And mm -hmm. I think it's so important to, to go and seek that. It's, it's the only thing that was able to help me. All right. Once again, my guest is Miss Terry Talley. She's an Oklahoma City bombing survivor. Miss Talley, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. All right. We'll be right back. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Have a great day. Stay hopeful, stay healthy, and stay safe.